And on this evening, I have a special uh, guest, and I'm so excited that he accepted the invitation to be on the podcast. Um, he is a local attorney here in our city of Corsicana, and he's also running for the Corsicana City Council Precinct 3. So without further ado, I want to welcome Neil, attorney Neil Green. Hello. Hello. Hello, Barbara. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation to be on the Category Speak podcast. Oh, I'm honored that you asked me. <laughs> so tell the listening audience a little bit about who Neil Green is. <clears throat> well, um, I grew up here in Corsicana. Uh, I went to the uh, Catholic school here, and then I graduated from Corsicana High School. My dad uh, delivered babies here for 40-some-odd years. My mom worked for various dentists here. I went off to uh, Texas A&M University, and then I went to Baylor Law School. And as soon as I got out of Baylor, I came back to Corsicana and started practicing law. I initially started practicing with Glenn and then I opened my own law firm in 2008. Uh, I've raised two kids here, uh, Libby and Neil. Neil is 21. Libby is 17. And my wife teaches in the school here, so I'm just a... Corsicana guy who would like to do something good for his town. So you decided to put your head in to run for a city council. And so tell us why you wanted to do that. Well, you know, I was uh, sitting at Dr. Rogers Memorial Service out there at Tiger Field and listening to everyone uh, talk about the wonderful things that Dr. Rogers had done for this town many of which I knew of, but I also learned a lot just sitting there and listening to my dad talk and the other doctors talk and just all the different community leaders. And I just thought, man, this town has been so good to me. You know, it was so good to me growing up. It's been good to me since I came back and started running a business here. And really, I would just like to do something to give back to my town. So that's that's really why I did it initially. So what, so do you... So you say you want to be a city council person. Yes, and ma'am. so you know that is you're working for the public. You are yes, working for your precinct, your, your community. And so are you ready to roll up your sleeves and start helping, uh, let's just say, progress Corsicana? What, what, do you see that, what, what do you see as far as the future for Corsicana? Well, you know, it's kind of like they're sort of, two different things there's kind of the local stuff that we all need to handle right this second right like the things that everybody thinks about just when i go door to door in this precinct you know everybody's concerned with for instance our roads you know everybody wants our roads to improve so there there are those sorts of of immediate things that we need to do something about everybody wants our police and firemen to be paid enough that uh they feel like this is a place they can invest in and they can and that they can, uh, you know, raise their families in and stay here. Um, but then there's sort of the long-term goals. You know, I think Corsicana is going to grow. You know, Navarra County is going to grow, whether people want to or not. There are a lot of people coming here, a lot of people coming from Dallas, a lot of people coming from everywhere. And we really need to be open to new businesses. We need to be open to new blood. We need to be open to new attitudes. We really need to be 
open for business and we, but we need to sort of guide that growth and that development so that this can continue to be a place that we all want to live in. So when you, yeah, so when you see communities like, I mean, I know we can't, you know, I just say now we cannot compare ourselves with Mopsahatchee and we almost can't compare ourselves with Ennis. So when you, so Ennis is right next door. So when you see communities like Ennis, I mean, they have, right now, they have this big housing boom, because if you pay attention to the I-45, so, so when you say Corsicana is going to grow, I mean, what do, what do you see, how do you see Corsicana in like five years? Let's, you know, let's just say five years. Uh, frankly, I think there's going to be a housing boom here. I mean, I think uh, we're the next, we're the next folks in, in line here. I mean, people are moving in. Again, as I walk the district and just talk to people, I've surprisingly met a lot of people, even in this part of Corsicana in Precinct 3, who have moved in recently. And what they tell me is there's nowhere, there's no houses, there's there's nothing available, you know. So I think there's going to be a big population boom here, and I think we have got to, we've got to manage that growth, but we've got to build houses. We've got to be ready to absorb all those folks. Does that sort of get to what you were asking, Barbara? Yeah. So, so when you're saying we got new families coming here, um, we have and then younger families, and yeah. so. How, so how do we how do we uh, accommodate for those younger families? Because you know our younger families, they want entertainment, they want businesses and to, places to shop at. How how are we going to make that happen for the city of Corsicana? I know you just you're just you were just if you're elected you'll be just one council person, but how do we change the mindset that we de- definitely need new industry here, new businesses here to keep our young families to keep their money their taxes here. You know, a lot of that, Barbara, I think is an attitude. You know, now of course, if I if I win city council and I'm I'm on the council, there's going to be a lot of the uh, rolling up the sleeves, as as you just said, and kind of doing the hard work. But I think a lot of it is got it got to be about marketing Corsicana. You know, it's got to be about us. And when I say us, I mean our city manager, our city councilman, uh, making sure that we're going out to industries that may be thinking about moving here and making Corsicana attractive. You know, we've got to let them know that we're in the running. We can't yeah. just sit back. We, we can't just sit back and say, and, and wait for people to come to us. I mean, we've got to be actively seeking out companies because what we really need at the end of the day is good, solid jobs that people can get and that would allow people to buy those single family houses and invest back in the town and spend their money here. So, I really think it's about. I really think it's about having this attitude that we're we're going out there and seeking people to come in. You know, like if we know that a company is thinking about moving down here, we need to be there talking to that company. I mean, we need to be paying attention and we need to get out there and be trying to compete with these other folks. So how do we get? You know, of course, Canada. You know, it's been a certain way for a certain you know a certain length of time, and so now that we have new people coming here, we have young young families. How do we get them involved in the process in local government? Because, you know, um, at some point there will be a changing of the guard. You know, there will be either out with the old, in with the new. And so how do, how do you motivate younger, you just say younger community members to be, to be uh, involved in the process? Local, you know, city council, you know, school board, you know, county commissioners, you know, how do we get them motivated? How do you know, your, your motivation how do you 
Well, I think it's a great question. And I think uh, because you're right, I think that that's, <clears throat> we've kind of got to pass this on to the next group of folks that are going to be trying to lead. But one thing that I've heard over and over when I've gone around town talking to folks is transparency. You know, they want to know what the heck is going on at city council. You know, they want to, they want to, uh, they want to know what we're doing and why we're doing it. <laughs> and so I think we've got to really pay attention to getting the message out of what we're doing, making sure that our meetings are open to the public, that they're well publicized, that they're online, uh, which they are to some I mean, I know they already are, but it's got to be that we have actual discussions at the city council meetings so that people know what we're debating and why we're doing these things. And then, but you know, what I've kind of noticed about leadership in this community is we've got to go out there. <clears throat> we've got to we've got to go out to people that we think might be leaders in the town and get them involved in things. We've got to recruit them into our churches and into our civic organizations and into our local government. Like, we actually have to go tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, we'd like you to be on this board or we would like yeah. you to be on. I mean, I think that's what it takes because. Really, that's the only reason that I, on things that I've done through the years, it, it's been, you know, an older person coming to me saying, hey, Neil, you know, uh, we think it'd be a good idea if you get involved in this. This would be a great way for you to get more involved in the town and kind of give back. And so I think it really has to be about the people who leave the town right now going out there and kind of spotting people and pulling them in. I mean, we got to actually yeah. recruit folks. Yeah, because when, when you, you know, I've done some research, and so when you start looking at, some of the, you know, the subcommittees, and you go, yes. well, hey, how did they get on that committee? How did they get on that board? And it's like, it's always, to me, it always seems to be the same people, and they kind I of cycle around, right cycle around yeah. the same boards, and I'm like, when are we going to get some fresh, some new, you know, people, new, younger people to be on some of these different committees? Because I'm like, they have just as much voice as, like, anybody else. It's know? true, and I, I think that, um, you know, I'll tell you, I think, well, I can tell you as a guy who's been on a few of those over the years, you know, generally, like I just said a minute ago, somebody who's been on it for a while comes to you and says, hey, would you do this? This would be good. Please join us. But I'll also say that, you know, a lot of that older generation, they grew up being, you know, joining in civic organizations and doing things like that. And sometimes it's a little tough to get younger people to really get invested. I mean, people are so distracted now. We've got so many things going on to take up our time. But, you know, it really ought to be a priority, and we've got to go out there and actively seek different kinds of people, just not the same people over and over, like you're saying. Yes. I mean, so we need to think, be able to go ahead. So do you think that um, the, the city, local government, and the chamber, do you think that they work hand-in-hand -hand with the school district? Because, you know, I, I, you know, the school district educates the future workforce. And so how important it is, how, how important is it that they all work hand in hand because we, we have to have an educated workforce. I mean, we have aging, uh, aging workforce, and so as they age out, you're going to want you're going to want that younger workforce to replace them. So how important it is to make sure that we have a um, a educated workforce. You know, that they're financially stable, that they are you know know about you know the work the work ethic. How important is that? Well, uh, what I can say to that is I. I actually can't remember who was telling me this the other day, but I was talking to somebody in our community. He said, you know what the number one thing that people ask about when they come to town is? And they said, it's the schools. You know, 
when people are moving here, what do they want to know? They want to know that we have good quality schools that they can feel good about putting their kids in that are going to allow their kids to compete and also where they can feel safe. And so I think, so in other words, if the chamber and the city council and the county commissioners, if their idea, if their goal is to promote Corsicana, bring new business to Corsicana, um, have a, have a, a thriving population in Corsicana, they have to be working in partnership with the school. It has to be like that because what, you know, what do those companies want? Those companies want an educated workforce, as you just yes. said. And those families that are coming in who are moving in, they want a place to put their kids, that, like I said a minute ago, that they know their kids are going to do well there and that their kids are going to be able to compete later on. You can't have one without the other. Those, those are two sides of the same coin. Hmm. So let's, 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 let's change over to the topic of law enforcement. Okay, okay. we do, you know, that is a big topic about law enforcement, about the salaries. Uh, we do know, you know, uh, we, our, our, our local law enforcement, you know, they don't, they're not tenured. You know, we have, a, we, we have some that stay and some that go. You know, a lot of our younger ones, they tend to go for the money. And so how do we bring up the salary for our, our local law enforcement, our fire department? Because, um, we do, you know, we do want to keep the same, we do want them to build um, their family, we have their families here, and then to know the community, because, you know, even what's taking place with what's going on in our nation, you know, you know, I, I can remember, and, and I worked in that, that field, um, and I work around police officers, and I, and I, I, I was, I started out when there was a D.A.R.E. program, when there was Officer James Hudson. And those police officers, they knew their community. So how important is it to make sure that we hire, you know, police officers and that they, they stay here and we have the good salaries for them and that they, they, and that they know the community that they serve? How important is that? Oh, I think it's incredibly important. And I, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time over the last few weeks talking to both the the uh, firemen and to the police officers, and you know they they've brought several things to my attention. Um, but to <clears throat> I think it's a, it's a few things, Barbara. One, they've got to know they're appreciated. You know, they've got to know that the town appreciates them and appreciates the hard work that they that they do. But they also need to be able to pay their folks enough that when they recruit, that number one, they can recruit because that's been one of the issues that they brought up is that it's hard to get folks to come in because they can get outbid by other places. Yeah. But, but they've also really emphasized to me that they want to retain folks who have experience, you know, yeah. you may not want a rookie on every call, you know, and yeah. they, they say, look, you know, you want sometimes you want somebody that's seasoned to be able to, uh, to, to come to, to the fire or to be able to come to the crime scene. So, Barbara, to a large extent, I think that is about money. And as far as where we're going to find it, I know it needs to be found. I know that's a thing that has to happen. I can't tell you that I know exactly how that's going to work, but I, I do know that that's just something that has to happen. Now, to your other point, which is community policing, really, I think, which is, hey, you've got we've got to have folks who actually know the communities that they are policing and, and serving. I think that's unbelievably important. I mean, I think the days when the folks, when folks in the neighborhood knew their cops, yeah. they need to come back. You know, yeah. I mean, there needs to be there needs to be trust between the people who live in these neighborhoods and the police that are serving them. I totally believe that. I think it's very important. You know, you could just call those officers names and you knew them, and it just seems to me that it's kind of like that's not 
it's not, you know, it's not going, it's not happening. So, what I can say about what I can say about that is that, and this goes for life, not just for policing. <laughs> I think everything's about personal relationships to some yeah. extent. I yeah. do not buy into our whole lives being mediated by electronics. I think yeah. people have to know each other. You know, I think that you you can't develop a relationship with somebody unless you know him, and there needs to be trust between the community and the police. And you get that by the police being out there talking to people and developing face-to-face relationships with those folks. Okay, so what about, you know, you, like, you know, the, your position as city council person? Is it important that, you know, you're, you're, you know you, if you're elected, that you know that, you're, that, you're, that you're, your constituents in your precinct know who you are, that, you know, you're, you're email away, you're a phone call away, that way... You know, you know that if I, you know, I, 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 I trust, I trust Jeff Smith. He's my council person, and I know he's a phone call away. If I have an issue in my precinct, I can text him or I can call him, and he's gonna, he's gonna return my call. So that, that, that is, that is so important, you know, to be like that when you're elected official. Isn't that correct? I totally believe that. Yes, ma'am. And I can tell you that. Uh... It never would have occurred to me that uh, campaigning for city council would be fun, but it has actually turned out to be sort of fun just specifically because I've gotten to walk around and just talk to people. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, you've got to have that, you've got to have that face to face with people and you've got to be accessible to people. And I've actually learned a lot about what's important to people in Corsicana, specifically in precinct three, by just walking around and talking to them. So, Yes, I completely agree with what you said. There. Yeah, because we're we're all a part of our community, and you know, whatever community that a person is in, they want to feel like they are a, a connected to that community. And yeah. so, um, it's, I mean, I wish you, I do wish you the best in your campaign. Um, you know, just keep, you know, like you said, keep, you know, door knocking and you know, making people know who you are because, um, you know, everybody everybody has a voice, you know, and it's so important. For uh, you as a elected official, you know, if you get elected, to know that hey, you work for the people, you know, and that's, that's absolutely that's the main thing. That is the main thing. And so, I uh, agree with you. Neil, I really appreciate so much that you took the time out to be on the Canada Girl Speaks podcast. Thank you so much. Now, I always give my guests an opportunity to give a shout out to anybody that I could give a shout out to. So go ahead. <laughs> Okay, Barbara. Well, I will give my shout out to my mom and dad who have been out there knocking on doors and talking to people. I'd even ask them to. <laughs> my mom called me and said, hey, Neil, we're going to knock on doors. Where do you want us to be? So I definitely give my shout out to them. I give my shout out to my wife and to my kids who always support me. So just to my family and friends who have been behind me uh, through my life in general, but this specifically. So tell them. So tell them also the your you know the dates for the election. Yeah, you know early election, and then you got the actual election. Go ahead and tell them the date. Well, our early voting is going this week um, through the twenty seventh, I believe, and then the actual um, and it's already started, and then uh, the election day is actually May first. Okay. Well, thank you again, um, Neil, for being on the Canada Girl Speaks podcast. Um, I do wish you the best on your campaigning. I know you will. If you're elected, I know you're going to do a, a good, a fantastic job. And um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give my shout-out to the Business of the Week. It is called, the Business of the Week is called 
Gamer Vinsco and is the owner and operator, or the owner and the CEO is Ms. Christian Daniels, and it is a mobile gaming business. And if you would like to rent her gaming uh, trailer, you can reach her at 903-257-8024. And thank you uh, so much again for supporting the Canada Field Speaks podcast. Have a safe, safe week. And continue to practice social distancing. And thank you again for listening to Canada Street Podcast. Have a good evening.